Alright, hey everybody, it's a Scooter here. And tonight's episode will be a little bit different. I've, I've uh, haven't done one of these episodes in a little while, and this will be a different version of that episode, at least in what I'm thinking ahead of time, I'm wondering. And this does take some setup, so, so like, uh, I'll try to explain this for new listeners, um, like why why this is important, uh, or why, why does this, uh, what, what's up with this? So, uh, this is an episode, a Carol King guided where Carol King tries to help me or I don't know if ether is the right word, the spirit of care, the power of Carol King. And that's Carol with an E, not Caro, Carol, uh, the songstress, uh, the activist, uh, the, the wonderful uh, Carol King, the subject of a musical, uh, songwriter, uh, singer, and so much more. Also, uh, now this is presumptive, uh, or only what I believe, but also, uh, either her, her positivity and power is so powerful or she's a magic user, or she has some sort of other um, uh, power. It could be it could be science based power, as we see, like oh, anything that uh, you know, as we have trouble, you know what I mean. The, the explanation about science and magic. Also, I can say, I guess I can say this, say this very concise. Well, I can't say anything concisely. I say it. Carol King has powers beyond my understanding that impact me in a positive way. So that's one thing. And you say, okay, Scoots, so can you repeat that just so we, we have a baseline? So Carol King has powers beyond my understanding that have a positive impact on my life. When, well, when I remember uh, to use the powers that, that she presents me. And you say, okay, Scoots, explain it to me more. Or what is the power and, and how does it manifest? Oh, great question. Great word, by the way. How does it manifest and what is the power? So, uh, once upon a time before, I think mo- a lot of you were in existence, but not everybody you, like, so we have a, a smartphones, right? Uh, and we're on whatever the 10th or generation of smartphones. I don't know if that means we've had t- smartphones for 10 years. Uh, probably about that though. Cause I think, yeah, maybe, maybe 12 years. I have no idea. Mystery Bard would know that better than me. And at some point, we started consuming most of our streaming music on our smartphones. This is a music-based uh, thing. Before we had smartphones, we had music players. And those are uh, like uh, the generation of music players, obviously. This is pretty long. But the portability of music players is a little bit shorter, but still fair, fairly long uh, across my lifetime. Uh, but at some point, I don't know if it was in, I, th- I guess it was in the, was it in the aughts? I guess it probably was in the aughts. Uh, uh, there came a time where people said, oh, well, well, digital music was a thing. And then how do you consume digital music? For me, it was first, it was an MD mini disc player, which actually was really convenient. And it had unlimited memories, as many, as much memory as you had mini discs. 
but there was also uh, digital drive, hard drive based music players, and the iPod was one of with the kind of the biggest one. And it was a precursor to like the iPod Mini and iPod Micro and the iPod, you know, and there was also other ones like Zune and uh, I think uh, iRiver. I don't know. I guess, yeah, the first one I saw was in two, it might have been in the 2000. I remember being in my uh, uh, now brother in law's uh, car before he was married to my sister, and he had one. It was about the size of a portable CD player at that time. So this was a few generations before I had one. Uh, but eventually I had a, uh, I guess, an iPod, whatever you call that thing, yeah, an iPod. I, I don't know if it was the second or third or the fourth generation. It had the touch wheel, not the click wheel. And, like, I started listening to music on that. And I had that for a while. And eventually I started listening to podcasts on that, or maybe I already, maybe I was already listening to podcasts. But, uh, uh, anyway, at some point, so one of the things about the iPod, uh, and okay, one thing you need to know about me is like, uh, once I realized you could put all this music on there, I said, well, what, like I would go over if, especially if I was staying at someone's house for a weekend or something, they'd say, what music you got on your computer? Can I put it on my iPod? Or my siblings, they'd say, hey, what music do you have on your computer? Can I put it on my iPod? And they'd say, sure, sure, go ahead. And so eventually I like uh, had a lot of random stuff on my iPod, like just not my own music, but uh, music uh, that was owned by people I knew. And one of my favorite things to do was to just shuffle the music because then it would lead me on a journey of, it would just be fun. No, sometimes you'd, you know, you'd get into that radio changing mode where you wouldn't accept what the music was. Uh, but if you could be, it was a very meditative thing almost to like to say, okay, let's just listen. I don't know what this song is, or I don't know who, whose song was this uh, out of all the people I got music from. It was a different time back then. It was, you know, it was the, like, it wasn't, it was the platter age, they called it. This was a platter hard drive, not a solid state hard drive even. Now, at some point, and and now some of this is a leap of belief systems for me, so some of this may be be, be easily disproved by facts uh, or interpretation of facts, but... This shuffle, I believe, had a learning algorithm that was based, it was a very, now, I don't want to use the term rudimentary because it probably wasn't rudimentary, but compared to now, probably you'd say, an algorithm today would say, well, that's a, and I'd say, well, that's not a very nice way to put it. You say, well, I don't mean it. You're interpreting rudimentary in a non-nice way. I mean, it is a, a stage in the development of music-based shuffling algorithms based on preference. And I'd say, okay, that's a very interesting way to explain it. But uh, So whatever this algorithm was, that would say, oh, if you, it, would, it would start to note what songs got played, like even when you, this was always watching, because it was built into the device. This wasn't a, like a connected device. You had to plug it in to put music on it. But it was always keeping track of like what songs you listen to, even outside of shuffle. And for some reason, when you were shuffling, it would increase the like whatever the random. It was only slightly random. Then it was like, well, you like these songs, so I'm going to play these more often. 
And then, of course, that became more and more true for the songs you played to come up during shuffle. And now, separately, at some point, I had a bunch of Carol King music on my iPad or my iPod. And, uh, like, I enjoy Carol King music. While I wouldn't consider myself, I mean, before this, I wouldn't consider, like, now I have a totally, you know, near spiritual relationship with, uh, a human being named Carol King, but you know, these things get complicated. You know, I'm a human, I'm, I myself am a human being. But so, uh, at some point, like, uh, all I can say is that, uh, somehow, and I, I use this term spiritually, or you could say magically, the power of Carol King permeated my iPod shuffle algorithm. Uh, in a way that we could only say is be well that we can only say is beyond my understanding, which even basic algorithms are beyond my understanding. But this is in a much more important way. And what that meant is that every few songs, not every few songs, I'd say within a, if a hundred songs, like in a hundred songs, there was a hundred percent chance of one of those being a Carol King song. And it's probably less than that because they say, well, how long does it take to listen to 100 songs? And this was, I was doing a lot of walking, a lot of driving over the periods I had this iPod. So I'd say, okay, like, uh, uh, now here's how powerful that is. At some point I had to recreate this iPod on it, like, because its platters slowly, its ability to play music slowly faded away. Luckily, I had duplicated it, and this is still the power of this iPod still holds true in other forms. And I guess that it, isn't that what ethereal is or ether? I don't know. But so, Carol King's power, or the power I believe Carol King to have, uh, permeated this iPod. And then I started to actually take a step back and say, okay, why, this is interesting that these carol, maybe it's every 50 songs, I don't know, like uh, once a week, so you say 10 songs, yeah, probably every 50 songs, a song would come up by her. And I never, I just said, well, that's like, uh, you know, at first I just had, a, I said, well, like, what's up with that? Now I never, now you could say, this is my own obliviousness, my own, uh, what do you call that when like, uh, like caught up in my own thoughts. So those are things I'm good at. I never noticed it with any other, uh, music or group or artists. So that's also like you said, that may disprove any doubts that you have, but also may just prove that I'm not paying attention. I'm barely ever paying attention because I, you know, I'm thinking about the past, present and future. But so, I, at some point, though, I came to believe, well, what if Carol King, and I can remember the place I was where I was, like, I, I came to this conclusion. I was walking to my job uh, when I was a librarian uh, at a couple of places, like a couple of, like, uh, youth locations or young adult locations, and... Uh, and I remember walking, I would walk there from BART. It was a long walk, uh, but it was like I spent a lot of time listening to podcasts. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is when it happened. Though it could be like this is just when I was thinking about it. Or this is when I accepted the power of it. Um, and I realized that uh, what if the, the power of Carol King is uh, in my podcast at all times, not just when her songs are playing. 
And that meant that uh, at times in my life, when I need an adventure or I need guidance, I've been able to turn to the shuffling powers uh, that live within my now my digital replication, which may not function for much longer. That's another reason why I'm recording this episode is I'm wondering what will happen because I have to transition. And I say, well, is this going to be tra- like, is this going to transition or not? Uh, to another platform because this platform is not going to exist much longer. And I only have this, uh, this version of it. I don't know that I, I may, may have it. So actually I think I do have it somewhere, but who knows? Those are also platter based hard drives. But so, uh, when I need an adventure or when I need guidance, it's particularly when the stakes are, you know, world level stakes or personal stakes, uh, and I remember, which is also like once every 18 months or something, I turned to Carol King for help. Uh, but uh, this situation, I, I just thought of like in the intro, I said, okay, what if uh, like, uh, like what if we are looking, what if I call up a, the mall or, like a, or office, a, you know, corporate office and say, hey, what about uh, this creaky dulcet collection? Because they did try to do the Creaky Dulcet door collection and uh, and then the Creaky Dulcet uh, Dior collection by Dior. And neither one of those. So let's try it. Uh, so here I am I'm with my advisor, the uh, algorithmic spiritual incarnation of the power of Carol King and I. And I'm, okay, I'm going to call up the old uh, imagination uh, phone. Like uh, yeah yeah hi this is Scooter I'm I'm a calling uh uh for your boss is she in okay uh oh Scooter who uh the the well not the Scooter uh like not the Scooter from Muppets uh, the that's and not a Scooter like that goes zoom 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 so not the Scooter from Muppets obviously I don't like I don't send, I'm here to uh like a, a like well maybe you could help me. Is this one of the things where you're screening, but you're really, uh, anyway, so let me, um, now I got maybe like, uh, like usually, oh, gatekeeper, that's what it's called. Like where you're a gatekeeper and then, but really you're, you're on the other side of the gate. Uh, like, did you, you know, Wizard of Oz, uh, do, well, I read the book actually, so I know this is the answer to this. But was the wizard like was the wizard of what if the wizard of Oz was the gatekeeper? That thing that said uh, hi. But I know I read the book, and that turns out not to be the case. I don't think. Also, in the movie, you know, in the book, they had to wear these emerald glasses everywhere. I don't know if they they didn't have to do that in the movie though. Kind of like rose-colored glasses. I don't know if that was a subtextual. I think it was a subtextual message. Or maybe it wasn't even, maybe only I. But so, oh, yes, sorry. Why am I calling? Great question. And hopefully you're sitting down. So I was wondering, like, I was thinking about starting, like, I always have, I never, actually, I never dreamed of this. I just thought it was a good idea the other day. That maybe I could have, like, so does your mall, okay, so you're not a mall. Oh, I know you're, like, you're the person answering the phone, like, to see if I'm, like, I can cut the mustard or whatever. 
I don't know what that means either because uh, it does seem ridiculous, like a ridiculous phrase, cut the mustard. Is that even a phrase? Because they say, what in the heck? Uh, maybe it's like, but mustard seeds, but wouldn't you grind the mustard in that case? Like stone ground mustard, that's a thing. Like, I can't imagine anybody cutting the mustard. I mean, I've heard of the cutting the other stuff. Am I right? Sorry, that was... uh. Okay, so, well, here's the thing. Maybe with anyone you work with, uh, once upon a time, uh, they're like, I guess it, this is strange. Like, I would say, is a mall a representation of niches or is it mass market version? Like, it's not quite niche, uh, each store in a mall. Uh, but it is, uh, it is kind of right. Or it's a specific items, but this store that I'm thinking of, uh, and this probably only had it to like, I don't know what the run of these kind of stores was and if they're still even around, because to be honest, I haven't been doing my part. Uh, I mean, I have been doing my part staying home, you know, I like, that's why, why you're, an- oh, you're answering from home. Of course. Like, but even before it was time to stay home. But like before that, I I didn't like, uh, I would only, I'll be honest, like I'm trying to think of the last time. Oh no, I know when I went to a mall uh, before it was time to stay home. I went to one after I dropped my brother off at the airport in Florida. When I was driving back to my parents, I went to a mall to try to record an episode for Patreon. But there was too much, um, uh, there was too much copyrighted music playing at the mall. So I said, oh, I can't record an episode because of the copyrighted music. So that was a bit of a bummer. Um, which, uh, yeah, so so I guess, yeah, that was a bit of a bummer, I guess is what I was saying. Um, oh, yeah, so, but I, and I did eat lunch there, but I didn't do any, I don't know if I did anything else. I guess I just left. I ate lunch, um... And I think, yeah, did I walk the whole mall? I don't even know if I walked the whole mall. I mean, so I'd be be remiss if I wasn't honest with you that I'm not the best. uh, Oh, before that? Oh, boy. Yeah, that was probably in January or or early February. Oh, somewhere in in like, uh, I don't know, somewhere in near where my parents are. No, but not near, actually. Then I got lost. Then I tried to drive back to their house without the GPS uh, and just guess at what exit they were off of. Uh, and I actually guessed my way back there, but I got off the wrong exit. Uh, I think I talked about that in another podcast. I said, I'll just find the way. It'll be okay. Anyway, oh, yeah, what was my point? Oh, so, oh, when was the other time? I don't know when I went before that. But I remember a time when the mall had like a memory store, which really wasn't a memory. Well, there's like always one or two card stores, right? Or a gift shop. Like a, it wasn't a gift shop. Uh, I mean, sometimes there was the card store run by one of the card companies, or maybe they both had their own stores. And they also sold, they probably said, well, cards are only four bucks. Uh, I don't know if the cards were in the supermarkets at this time. I would presume they were. We said, well, you can't, you can't, obviously, if you're running the mall, you say, well, you can't pay, like, you got to sell more than cards. 
because you're not going to sell that many cards. So then, like, they started selling stuff like wind chimes with ceramic owls on them, uh, candles, book, probably bookends. I don't know where else you'd buy, like, a bookend. Um, and then collectibles type stuff, right? Tre- tre- treasures, as some people would call them. Uh, I think there was probably, maybe, was there ever a Hummel figurine store only at the mall? Or was it, is this just my mem- imagination? But like ceramic-based items, like, um, and then, yeah, paper pro Well, there was usually like a paper store, too. This is in the 90s, I'm thinking. Oh, why do I bring that up? Well, so I was thinking if there were, it was a store like that, that wasn't like it run like in by, they say, well, this is our company. We only sell our company's products. Uh, or, well, maybe I could work with them. I was thinking about coming up with the Creaky Dulcet collection, like the Creaky Dulcet collection or Creaky Dulcet treasures or Creaky Dulcet memories. Well, what's the Creaky Dulcet? Well, I could tell you about the Creaky Dulcet collection, and maybe that would help. Like, okay. So the store, like, uh, so Creaky Dulcet Memories. um, The first one, I'm here also, I just want to fully disclose, I'm here with a spiritual-based algorithm that I I believe is a spiritual-based algorithm or an algorithm beyond my understanding uh, based on the music of Carole King, maybe influenced by her in a way that's beyond my understanding. Okay, good. You're still listening. Great. Uh, so first thing I have to pitch is uh, called Pretty Paper. And you see, Pretty Paper, what does Pretty Paper mean to everyone? Well, something different to everyone, but to me, into the Creaky Dulcet collection, it would be paper that is thick, paper that has a texture to it. You know, like a paper that kind of feels like it's made of uh, not quite papyrus, though one, that would be another thing. We could have papyrus. Oh, that was one of the stores that was called that. The paper store was called papyrus. Did they? Here's a serious question. Do they sell actual papyrus at papyrus? Because if they don't, even if they do, I think people would want to buy papyrus. Uh, also, papyrus, I like saying that. I didn't realize it was, uh, is it two Ps like that? Papyrus, right? If you have a stack of papyrus paper, is it papyri? Like you say, well, here's a, you say, well, that's more than one papyrus. Is it a papyri? You don't know. Well, that's like, so that would be the first item in the Creaky Dulce collection is pretty paper. And I'm not saying that it's papyrus, but me, or if it's recycled. But you know that paper, it's got that feel. It, it looks like it even has strings or something in there. It's not perfect, and each piece has its own personality. And it is one of those papers that, like, drinks ink. You say, what is this, how does this paper do with ink? I say, oh, it drinks it up. Do, do you have, a, like, you better have, like, a juicy pen ready to go. Uh, because when that, and, and if you, oh boy, like sometimes you just want to touch the pen to this paper to watch it and watch the ink spread out. And you can even see it like forming like a crystalline entity on the paper. 
And you'd say to your pen, oh, boy, does she want to move. And that would be the name of our pen collection, uh, Creaky Dulcet Pen Collection. And we'd say that because uh, for left, like a couple of reasons with our pen. Well, let me go with, uh, oh, the more fluid thoughts of the fluid pen moving. Oh, this pen, it, it like it's, it could work with any paper, but when it hits that, uh, when it hits that pretty paper, it really like uh, it wants to move because obviously you want to keep it moving because otherwise it'll keep it, like you'll get a hole in the paper because it'll drink too much ink up. Uh, uh, but maybe like ours is you say is it cardstock? Not quite. It's good for folding. It's refold for a letter, but only a one or two page letter. Though we have pretty paper thin, which is a thinner paper, kind of like those papers you see people get in the journals of. You say, oh, this is like paper thin paper. And you say, you're kidding me, right? And you say, well, I don't know how else to describe. Our other paper was like paper, but not, it's paper thin technically. But oh boy, this is like nearly translucent pretty paper. We call it pretty paper thin. That, if you're going to write longer letters, you you want to use that because you put more in one envelope at, you know, the regular stamp rate. But this pen we sell as part of the Creaky Dulcet collection. She wants to move uh, uh, because, like, uh, you want to, because that's what pens are made to do. Just like Chris would say, that's what, like, I was born to do, to warm it up. This pen was born to move. Another reason it was born to move is because we wanted, we actually designed it to stop uh, leaking out ink because of, for left-handers, one. Also, do, could we get a team? Do you have any a team of scientists, like, in the basement of, of the mall or anything? Like, I know, like, this is, like, a fantasy thinking about Leftorium and Ned Flanders and all that, but... uh. I was just thinking that, uh, like, just to solve the whole ink and, and pencil thing for left-handers, that never has gotten figured out, really. I mean, there's been attempts, but there's never been something that every, they say, you got to try this. This is it. Your problems are solved, especially when it comes to pencils or erasable ink or wet ink, uh, now, this one, we do have it because the pen has to move and especially the pretty paper drinks it up, uh, and holds it. The, like, uh, that's another part of the design of the pretty paper I didn't mention. Oh, you want to stop me? Okay. Uh, what was your, oh, what does either one of those have to do with creaky dulcet? Uh, I don't know, uh, actually, because Carol King's been, uh, uh get telling, like, uh, let me ask it. Oh, Louise. Oh, Louise. Uh, that's right. Uh, Holy Bonnie Rate Louise um, uh, is uh, like the the, the uh, why is it creaky dulcet the pretty paper or the pen that wants to move? Oh yeah, let me bring in Louise. She's our like she's our brand she's our brand ambassador. Well, hello, this is Louise from uh, Creaky Dulcet Collection. Uh, also previously known of uh, Creaky Dulcet Doors by Dior and the Creaky Dulcet, Creaky Dulcet Dior uh, by Christina Dior. Uh, what can I help you with? Uh, 
Are you? Oh, you're the gatekeeper. Hello, hello, hello. Well, we're really excited to tell you about the Creaky Dulce Collection, where our brand, one of our brand uh, home, well, I can't say that. I almost accidentally punned myself saying a hallmark of our brand. And Scooter already said papyrus. Oh, golly gee. Next thing you know, I'll be down at Walden Pond with a Walden book, you know, just enjoying it. Uh, and did you know this is no, Scooter never wanted to. He once he found out there was a bookstore called Brenatano's or something once upon a time. And they offered free gift wrapping at their store. So Scooter bought every present as long as that store existed uh, at that store. And that saved him from having to wrap any gifts, which he's not super skilled at. Um, which is what I want to tell you about is the, the paper I've designed uh, for wrapping gifts. It's called Louise. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I, I was just. So, what is the Creaky Dulcet Collection? And why would you be interested in it? That's what you may be saying to us and our team here. And I think now this may be another store name of Treasured Moments. This is like a treasured moment in reality. Now, Scooter didn't do a good job of explaining it, so I try will try to. And he opened it with a creaky dulcet floor. So as a gatekeeper, I want you to close your eyes and think of the cre- like a, a, your favorite creaky dulcet floor moment. Um, but I'll describe two for you. One is uh, is, is a mother, uh, and it's uh, late in the evening, and she's just uh, she, she, she's. Uh, she 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 lives there by herself. Uh, her loved her little ones have gone on to start their lives, and it's evening, and she's just finishing her tea and and cleaning out her teacup in the kitchen sink when she remembers she hasn't checked the mail yet today. And she, uh, you know, finishes washing her tea, dries her hands, you know, before checking the mail completely, turns down the kitchen lights uh, and steps out of the kitchen. And she uh, has a door with the mail slot uh, and heads to the door. She was so caught up in the day, uh, she didn't check the mail till this evening. And she sees some mail on the floor. She sees something that looks like a letter, a handwritten letter there among the uh, stack of uh, whatever those are called with the little windows, uh, cellophane window mail and J-U-N-K mail. And she reaches down and she picks up those things and, and her heart kind of leaps a little bit with joy and anticipation but there's two cellophane-based envelopes first, and she puts those to the side. And then she turns as she's uh, moving these business-based correspondence uh, to the back of the pile. And her foot steps down. And the floor creaks. Uh, the floor creaks at the exact moment her thumb touches uh, from our pretty paper collection, the pretty paper envelope collection. 
And her thumb is on that, uh, and uh, oh boy, is uh, she can feel the, the the craftsmanship and love that went into the pretty paper, but more she knows that handwriting. Oh, that handwriting is from her daughter. No, does that, she can see the love in the lines that says, Mom, address, uh, dot, 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 address, uh, town, state, and country, province, or region. And uh, then on the top left, uh, she sees uh, that, uh, there's a uh, thumbprint, uh, made a thumbprint of lipstick, which she finds interesting. And then either on top of the thumbprint or behind it, she can't tell, is a loving daughter, address, uh, province, town, state, country, wherever. And she smiles because at the exact same time she's processing things in the present, she's remembering sitting there with tea when her daughter would try to come in. When she was in college, you know, she'd been out late with her friends, uh, visiting with them, or she was home at the holidays in her 20s, uh, catching up with friends and... uh, that one part of the door could always squeak. She could hear it even in her sleep uh, from back from high school. But now it wasn't so much a confirmation that your kid was out past because it, your your kid was an adult now. It was that they were home under your roof uh, with you for a special time that you got to share with them again. And then on top of that, she gets to enjoy the heartfelt letter uh, sent from her daughter. And that is uh, the essence of the creaky. Do you understand now what's creaky about uh, the the creaky dulcet collection? Okay, well, um, yeah, so, oh, you want me to go on? Okay, well, I'm going to put some sugar on this next one. uh, You'd rather talk to me than Scooter? Well, okay, then. Well, this next one, you don't, this one is called, uh, this, because this is another thing we've thought about, is that uh, from our memories, uh, as we've, we've, we haven't, we've only done memory-based and feeling-based research uh, and assumption-based research. Two out of three of those are uh, effective, and then the third one, you know, makes a rear out of all of us, uh, but... uh, one thing Scooter said to us is that uh, snow globes, uh, he said it just like people say it in the movies, and you let it sit there, snow globes. But because we were all there in our minds, he said, think about a creaky, dulcet snow globe. And this was one of our brainstorming sessions. This is how it goes, working within it. You know, it's, uh, so we all said, what is it? Creaky dulcet snow globe. Uh, what would that be? And then uh, we, we all, like, uh, we had a long time just to sit. We're not allowed to write or anything and just process it and, uh, like, uh, it takes some getting used to. Um, 
And then we do some elaboration, open question time. And someone said, well, do, do snow globes have to be, how related are they to the holiday season? And uh, Scooter said, I, I don't know. I'd say 60% related. But, I, you know, factually or market-wise, I got no idea. Maybe 70 or 80%. In a regular store, but w- what if we go 60%? And everyone nodded, knowing they barely understood, you, you know, scooters, uh, but also would try to. And then we slowly reached the idea of, well, what would it, would a creaky dulcet, uh, there's a lot of things you could do. But what, and we thought about, well, what if the snow, like, what would a non-holiday snow globe be like uh, that was appealing? And we thought about, well, what else is a globe? And we thought about fortune tellers uh, and, you know, putting sugar on a fortune, like, uh, so you say, wait a second, uh, uh, like, so this is snow globe. And then we said, well, some fortune tellers, uh, uh, of any, uh, any kind would use creaky, like creaky dulcet tones and fortune telling. They're not a hundred percent intertwined, but they are. And, uh, we said, okay, so the, there's a fortune teller within the snow globe, uh, but the snow globe is also a thing. And then we said, okay. And then someone said, you know, I think there's like a simple thing because you always turn the snow globe over and shake it. Uh, and then you turn it back over. And we we knew there was like a simple sound effect that would make a, a creaky dulcet sound, like a, like a creaky dulcet sigh. It's a very simple non-electronic device, a sound effect device. You've seen it in children's toys or anything. It just sounds like a breathing in creaky dulcet sigh. And uh, pretty cool, pretty cool. And uh, we said, okay, yeah, that would be the creaky dulcet. And that would be soothing. And it would actually give an extra thing. It would also, within the store, it would bring attention and we said, okay, well, the snow, you know, should we use glitter? Should we use some sort of soapy cosmic water? And then they said, okay, well, and then Scooter said, what about, um, uh, what about this? Uh, what about, there's also very similar to a snow globe, also very similar to a fortune teller is the magic eight ball. And Scooter said, wow, the, the, you know, the, 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 the team is working on the prototypes. What if either on the fortune tellers, like in the table or in the globe or in something else is also a magic eight ball built in? Maybe just the table, maybe the table within the snow globe that the fortune tellers are looking down on. Is a magic ape like is like the the window of a magic eight ball? And we said, like, uh, holy cow! And this is when I say, oh boy, this is why I work here, because uh, you say, okay, so we're going to take a snow globe, we're going to put a sound effect in it, not Scooter's idea, but our team's idea, that has like a somewhat comforting but somewhat uh, 
different sound. And then we're going to have a fortune teller, but then we're also going to have a made magic eight ball feature in there. And then we're going to have an effect, whether it's a snow, glitter, or swirls, uh, or something else. And then, of course, like everybody on the team at the same time raised their hands and Scooter said, maybe, he said, yes, I know what you're thinking because we all are a part of a team. Maybe we can do another uh, snow globe that's a Tesla coil or one of those plasma globes, uh, but not this one. That might be too much. Uh, and also maybe do a plasma globe that also has a... Uh, Magic 8-Ball. So we agreed on that. So that's another thing you would find at the Creaky Dulcet collection. Oh, you want me to do the marketing thing for the Fortune Teller Snow Globe. Okay, well, there you are. Is that mother? And uh, there you are. Uh, maybe like, uh, you're, maybe you're, you're a different, uh, parent. Uh, yeah, you're just a parent. Uh, you're in a different spot. Um, and maybe, uh, you're, you're in this, like a smaller apartment that you've moved to. You've downsized. Uh, but again, you're thinking, and it's your, this, this holiday, you said, well, I'm going to stay put this holiday, just me. And you know, I'll use the devices to contact everybody I care about and love. Uh, but this one, I'm just doing it for me. I'm taking it. It's going to be low. It's going to be chill. I've decided this year that I'm going to celebrate it for myself and in my own way. And I'm choosing to do this. Yeah, maybe there's a part of me that will feel a little frowny. But most of me wants to do this for a break and to have some time to myself uh, to reflect on what this year meant to me and what everyone in this year meant to me. And it, it just happened to correspond with, oh, well, you're going there, you're going on a vacation, and that doesn't appeal to me. Or, oh, you're going to spend time with your uh, your other parts, your extended family. I understand, and I'm not saying this in a passive way. I actively understand, and that is fine. And so there you are, uh, like uh, getting ready. You, you got uh, the fireplace effects on the TV. You've got some warm nog and cocoa mixed together, nutmeg on the surface, and you're just relaxing there. And then you hear the creaky door of your cat door that goes out back uh, to where out in the, on your patio where the litter box is. Uh, and you smile because uh, Snuffles is coming in, and you hear the bell you put around Snuffles' collar, jingling, jangling. And then Snuffles goes under the tree and uh, paws at the gift that you got for Snuffles. Uh, like, hey, when are we going to be able to open it? And you see that it's a rounded gift, uh and it's a, you know, it's a toy for Snuffles to play with, one of those balls that uh, 
this one, you know, has a random, like, uh, this has a randomizing algorithm built in it uh, to be fun for the cat to play with, Snuffles. Uh, but next to it is also a rounded, it has a base, but it's a rounded gift, too. And you think, uh, think about it, and they say, okay, let's, so you open that, and I'll open this, Snuffles. Uh, and uh, Snuffles, uh, you, you say, okay, I'll open it for you. And then at first, Snuffles is so enamored with the paper that Snuffles has a battle with the paper and chases the paper around. And then you go to open your gift, and at the same time, Snuffles uh, decides, well, I'm so excited, i got to go out and visit the litter box again. And, and the creaky, dulcet cat door swings. And your heart fills with the memories of uh, time you spent uh, with Snuffles and, and some of your children. And uh, that uh, you say, wait a second, we our creaky, uh, we're, we're, that other place we lived had a creaky, dulcet cat door. And we used to always laugh uh, when we say, oh, there goes Snuffles. At least Snuffles knows when Snuffles gets so excited that Snuffles has to use a, a, a litter box. Uh, and we all, and I, you can remember a holiday, a moment just like this one, but different. That felt special, but this one feels special in a different way. And then you go to lift up that gift and you feel it has some weight to it because it's, uh, you know, a snow globe. Uh, and you see the card on it, it says, missing you and thinking of you and wondering when we'll see you in the future. Do you know, question mark? Uh, and you say, wait a second, is that some sort of related to the gift? And you rip open the thing. Also, you notice that because your children are pretty witty, also taped to the bottom of the fortune teller snow globe eight ball thing is a sound effect thing. is like an invitation uh, to a future event with your family. That's optional, but that you could take them up on it, you know, six months from now. Then you turn it over again, and it makes that sound, and Snuffles comes in with a look of, uh, and then Snuffles starts playing with Snuffles' ball. And you look at the uh, beautiful effects we added uh, to make the snow globe so much more, but you have, what's ironic is that you're looking at a snow globe not definitely designed for the holidays, and you're remembering that, uh, strangely enough, uh, that year you'd given everyone different types of, uh, like these were magic eight balls with goofs, uh, uh, like like uh, parody magic eight balls made for children, uh, like of the rebellious teen age, uh, saying, you know, better watch your step, uh, eat your vegetables. Uh, so... A tear forms in your eye, a tear of uh, joy and love, and it rolls down your cheek. And this is before you even realize, as you start to shake uh, the globe, and it gets misty and feels magical. 
and it kind of makes that creaky dulcet sound effect, but less because it's not totally, it just makes a little creak. Uh, that, uh, that uh, in the, the table of the fortune teller is a magic eight ball thingamajig, uh, and it comes up on there and it says, you are loved, uh, remember that. And you, and, and then you, uh, put it down and you shut off the TV and you start to get ready for bed, and eventually you snuggle in your bed so comfortable uh, with visions of just these creaky doll, just these uh, few items of the creaky dulcet collection uh, dancing in your head. Uh, oh, so what did you think of the pitch? Oh, you're asleep. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, that means. That the creaky dulcet collection is still in development as you get comfortable and start to drift away. And there's plenty more if you need it. The creaky dulcet collection is always here on demand, too. You could also think of your own creaky dulcet moments uh, or make up and imagine your own with the power uh, that I perceive to be broadcast by Carol King. The possibilities are endless. Good night.